Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Introducing the new Starbucks Pistachio Cream Cold Brew. Silky Pistachio Cream Cold Foam tops our bold, smooth cold brew for a delicious twist on a favorite winter flavor. Make today a good day. Order ahead on the Starbucks app. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years' experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Long Shots Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Chris Jericho, and you're listening to the Shout It Out Loud cast. They're going to give you a reason to live, make you feel like you're the king of the mountain. And when it's all said and done, they're going to dance all over your face. Oh, yeah! We got some good-looking girls! Oh, yeah! Oh, boy. Here we go. Boy. Pressing the button. Star Broker Simmons. Star? Stop shouting. He's not what you would call a handsome man. Oh no, here come the kiss times. Is that a positive thing? Okay. Alright. Gonna grab me a nice cold mellow Why? Why do that to the fan? Stop it. Why? Because fuck him. That's all. Talking about 617 525 You do? Hey, fucko. Do you like Kiss? Settle down. Hello. Hey, what's up there, Kiss Army? Tom and Zeus, another episode of Shout It Out Loud cast. Episode 170. Adam Mitchell. Yeah, Adam Mitchell. Oh, what a guest this week. Fantastic. Fantastic. Hey, diddle diddle. Exactly. That's right, baby. Uh, Tom, we're recovering from late night for us. That's well, right. For you, that's very late. Uh, we just came back. We saw Jerry Cantrell. Hello, Jerry. Jerry, you have to play the Allison Chains. Uh, you have to see the baby. Oh, man. Um. We saw him at a little club kind of place near the garden in Boston. Wow. Un- but like literally me and you have been to a ton of shows together separately oh. in general. This was by far a, a standout 
show. There are shows you go to and you're like, yeah, it was good. And it just kind of comes and goes. This one was just, it was just amazing. Fucking amazing. You know what the best part too was at one point? He said how he just came from New York and those people sucked because they're yeah. all fucking half asleep. Yeah. And Boston was rocking. So take that fucking Cassida. Joey Casada, he doesn't listen to Alice in Chains. It's too loud and heavy and, and, and scary for him. Oh, he's too busy doing the Sammy Davis Jr. drafts. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Candyman's a great song. But Jerry Cantrell uh, did a bunch of songs off his new album, which kicks ass, right? Unbelie- unbelievable album. Yep. And a bunch of Alice in Chains. Tom and I were saying, we felt. Like we were like back in the bar from singles when when they played what track? It ain't like that. Uh, which, which, so he added some some changes to the set list. He took out Heaven Beside You and Check My Brain, two songs we both love, and threw in in its place Sea of Sorrow, unbelievable off a of facelift. And then, of course, Got Me Wrong, unbelievable off the sap EP. Unreal. Unreal. He, it was so fucking good. Like I said to Tom. I got to hear two of my top, my two top songs off ARC mm. in the last six months. That's right. I saw the Eagles perform Hotel California and I saw Jerry Cantrell perform No Excuses. So I got to hear him perform live and one was as good as the next. Fucking awesome. I loved it. However, he had a yeah, he, he had a he had a vocalist kind of carrying, you know, playing the role of Lane. But but Jerry, of course, with the harmonics of his vocals and his guitar tone and what like when they were playing uh, songs like when they were playing songs like it ain't like that wood rooster just man in the box. The oh, guitar my was God. It's like, holy shit. How's he getting that sound so crystal clean? It, yeah, it, it was fantastic. If you guys are if you guys are on the fence about whether you should see this show, my God, if he's if he's near you. Go, go. He had, he had a little blonde hottie too. Yeah, open she, up for him. Yep, open up, and then she got on stage for one of the new songs off his uh, off his newer album, which is fantastic too. Yeah, so, what was her name? Coletta, Lo- Lola Colette, yeah. Lola Falana. Lo- <laughs> exactly. Yes. And uh, but there's one thing I do got to point out, and I think our listeners really need to know this. uh Oh, yeah, <laughs> I know what this is. <laughs> for Christ's sakes. Where I'm recording right now, it still smells like Tom's ass. That's not true. That is not I, true. I do not know what the fuck. That's not happened. true. It's not we, true. We both ordered chicken palms. There was something there was something in that. They had to be the most gaseous chicken Dude. palms. Dude, all. I'm telling you, there was some fucking heat-seeking missiles being thrown around Zeus's room there. Dude, every five minutes he'd be like, uh-oh. <laughs> Yeah, but th- but thank go. God, thank God, they worked their way out of the system because uh, we were very very tight inside that club seeing Jerry oh. Cantrell, and I was poised for "I Want You" part two. Oh, the fucking my whole room where I record it's like on oh, my microphone, like get Dude, that you, sent out of here. I think your cats were running away. <laughs> it was horrendous. He never is like this bad. He's just every oh man, 
Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. It's like, what the fuck did you eat? Like, I'm telling you, I can't. A chicken palm. Yeah, chicken palm made by some fucking hoodlum or who knows what he put in it. I'm like, what the fuck's a chicken palm? I've never been that gassy from a chicken palm. See, but the, see, the, we tell these stories and then we have a wonderful guest like Adam Mitchell. He's probably. Who are these guys? What? I can't believe I did this show. <laughs> Dude, he wrote when the walls come down. He can calm down. Okay. Anyway, that's, that's true. Um, yeah. So Tom's chicken palm scent is still lingering <laughs> in this room, even though we re- we hung out yesterday and we're recording today. But regardless, it was a fun time, Tom. Yep. And uh, another fun thing we did was. We broke down disc four of the box set last week. You did a poll on two songs. What was it? Yeah, you don't want to hear about this poll because I'm telling you right now, I don't understand people anymore. And it, it, it's not it. You guys are making me crazy here. OK, the poll was which of the unreleased demos is your favorite? Ain't that peculiar? Which was the Eric Carr Little Caesar demo or Time Traveler, which is oh. horrific. Oh. And Time Traveler won the poll. Oh, Jesus. And this was my favorite comment. John Bailey says, I think people are voting for Time Traveler just to get the guys fired up. It has to be the case. Who is listening to those two songs? Be like, you know what? That time Travel, it's a really good song. Yeah, I really like that. I like the concept. Uh, yeah, yeah, I like <laughs> the concept. Graham Richley says, how is Time Travel getting any votes? <laughs> well, not only that, it won. Oh. So... Oh, God, brutal. Ugh. That's so that that's the poll stuff there. Um, and then, of course, the episode was a lot of fun. People love the box set disc reviews because uh, a lot to pick apart. We had a lot of people kind of on our side uh, saying how they were a little bit disappointed on what on the, some of the stuff that could have been on it. We had some people chiming in on some demos that could have been on. A lot of people were talking about that song Sword and Stone. Yeah. That was a crazy night's outtake that could have been on it. Um, our good buddy, Tom Dust, who put together our amazing new show intro. Yep. Um, there's a demo of not for the innocent uh, that I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't think I was that familiar with this. He says that it's uh, yeah, it, it features back a, and forth. Yeah. It features a Gene and Paul vocal. Um, and then Tom Dust goes, we do not speak of time traveler in this house. It's awful. <laughs> and then right below that, another guy goes, I love time traveler. It's like, oh, God, what are you talking about? What are you, what are you talking about? Um, let's see. Th- this is an interesting comment by from Scott. You mentioned there are only two songs from Asylum. That was the least successful album in that run. It only went gold while Lick It Up, Animalized, Cre- uh, Crazy Nights all went platinum. All right. That might be true, but I'm, I'm looking at it from an MTV kind of angle, not like a sales angle. Um, our buddy West Beach, not the best, best disc in the box. Too much Paul. Yeah, exactly. Too much pain. Too much pain. <laughs> Um, yeah, a lot of people weren't really thrilled with this disc. Um, our buddy Steve, I'm sure they could have filled out this with a few more tracks. Um, why not the two songs from Smashes and how about Sword and Stone? Everybody was talking about that. Turn on the Night should definitely be in here. Um, then he talks about Little Caesar, but of course, they they substituted that with the Ain't That Peculiar uh, demo version of that. So that's some Twitter stuff. A lot of people not too thrilled with that disc, as you know, we weren't either. So, but that's what we got on Twitter. On the book of face, Tom, our buddy, Kevin Jepson. Yeah, Kevin. You guys are on crack. All right. I like that. That's a compliment. Time Traveler is awesome. All right. Look, first of all, Kevin Jepson, 
I can't believe they let him use Facebook from the insane asylum where he is. And I don't know how he uses it wearing a straitjacket. So poor Kevin. Time traveler is awesome. He says, not sure what it is, but I've always loved it. And Bruce's bland played it on the cruise and Todd Kearns nailed it as usual. Maybe I'm the only one. Call me gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Well, I wouldn't call you that, Kevin, but it's just a bad song. And, and I'm sorry. I, we love Bruce and Todd doesn't make it any better. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. And then, <laughs> Uh-oh. and then he put the picture of George Costanza posing <laughs> on the couch with shirtless. The, the timeless art of seduction. <laughs> and then he took that photo. I know. And fucking Mr. Tim Bream put Paul Stanley's head on it. <laughs> and then he put a fucking figure. Where like there's an action figure you can get, then fucking action figure's head looks like the elephant man, and it's supposedly you gotta see this, guys. What the fuck, Tim? Holy shit! Oh Jesus man. Christ! Oh, dude, I think Paul needs to apologize and move on. Get him off his back. Jesus. No, no, no. I, I don't want. I, no, I don't want to. I don't want a, a healthy Tim Bream. I want a disturbed Tim Bream. No, he's disturbed. All right. <laughs> Sean DeHaan. Nice. Bootlegger, Love Sean. Bootlegger that I am. Yeah. From- <laughs> I'm sorry. I keep jumping in because Sean's my bootleg buddy. For me, the one song that was criminally left off this disc is the demo for not for the innocent gene and paul sharon mm-hmm. lee Vokes. yep it's better than erosion that made the album if you ask me what what <laughs> oh i think oh i i think that's supposed to say the version that made the album. oh, oh okay yeah, yeah. All right. i'm like erosion i don't know that song fucking find it <laughs> mark flores music i'll take 80s era gene over anything by poison or warrant. Fuck that prom night shit. Gene rules. And he's got a picture of me, front row, revenge tour. First of all, that's amazing. Second of all, that is we love you there and we're we're on your side. I would take 80s gene over pretty much taking it over poison or warrant as a slam dunk. Dude, I would take fucking uh time traveler. Well, maybe I would take current ace over that. Hey, anybody want to hear me do some more shitty cover songs? Creatures Fest? What the fuck is that? We'll get into that. I'll do another cover of a fucking Zeppelin song. Anybody want to hear me do Robert Plant vocally? No, no one does. No. Philip Maylander. Disc 4 had so much potential, but unfortunately, they fucked up real bad. (laughs) That's a great review. Yeah. Tim Bream. Oh, no. See, I never paid attention to the box set until this episode. Referring to the episode discussing uh, disc four, my question would be, where the fuck is Sword and Stone? Mm. Considering it comes from Crazy Nights era, that song, for some reason, rules. Yeah. Uh, Real quick, I think Sword and Stone is like one of those like urban legend, like because it's a demo, people love it. It's not that good. I mean, it, it would have been nice on the box because there's no, it's, there's nowhere else to get it kind of yeah. officially. But I bet you Time Traveler would have that aura about it if you never made it to the box set. People, are like, oh, did you ever hit Time Traveler? Yeah, it's great. Now it's on the box set. And people are like, oof. Well, except for Kevin Jackson. Actually, of course. actually, people would listen to it and still be like, that song sucks. No wonder it wasn't on. 
Anyways, Sneed Rock, interesting episode, boys. I know that the original band get all the love, but people around my age that I know fell in love with the band around the Animalized Asylum Crazy Nights era. He's right. Yeah. I have a lot of love for the non-makeup era. There's some undeniable gems from this era, but there are also many songs that didn't stand the test of time. Also, in regards to non-makeup Gene era songs, I couldn't agree more. All right. I've always been a fan of Gene and Ace. Even though Gene gets a lot of flack for abandoning Kiss, in the 80s to pursue act and other ventures he didn't deliver some he did deliver some undeniable classics he, and then he goes on to make some um um a list of all these great gene songs mm-hmm. uh until he got to prisoner of love i like uh, that and betrayed whoa betrayed's not so much i like prisoner of love oh, <laughs> oh. and while the city sleeps come I like on. i like it come on no 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 <laughs> sorry I like it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to Loudcasters page. Uh, Joseph Collins, Crazy Nights was the first cassette I was given money to buy. It's still a favorite. Nice. Okay. Jason Warden. Ah, my favorite ever kiss. I got to disagree with y'all on Time Traveler. I love that song and others around that time, Sword and Stone. It was the 80s and bands were presenting themselves as larger than life. No pun intended. It's easy to look back and judge now, but it was a simpler time. Granted, Kiss could, should stick to topics they may know best, like standing up for yourself or good girls gone bad. But I like them trying to do something different. Solid and great episode as always. Mm, okay. Ray Gallus. This is just another example of the band not knowing what the fans want. Mm. To many, including myself, this was the best era of the band. This four should have been a victory lap celebration of their whole body of work. Instead, they again try to put their brand makeup era as the only thing they've done at the expense of their better work so many missed opportunities here yeah it's true it's the first dud on the box set in terms of the discs but i i still like it it just had so much chance to be better yeah yeah uh kelly gem blair oh all night was originally titled Uh oh Ooh, i gassy (laughs) <laughs> see, see what happens. See what we do to these people. Oh, oh Jesus. Yeah. I love it. That's amazing. Oh. LP Stor- <laughs> LP Storlino. Ooh, I guess. <laughs> That's you. Yes. That yesterday. was me yesterday. Ooh, that chicken pot. <laughs> chicken. Pop. I'm starting to like time travel. Oh, come on. The chorus grew on me after listening to this week's episode. I used to fucking hate it. Probably that synth shit synth intro. I don't think I ever got past it to give it a listen. No way, though, should it be on there over Sword and Stone. Nevison obviously didn't get Kiss or its fan. Mm. Oh, is the, ooh, I guess, <laughs> girl, the love child of the Ripper and Matt Wallace. <laughs> that would be, that would be a kid would, with some severe sharp pain. God almighty. Jack Pinocchio. C'è una luna mezzumara, mamma mia, mamma rida. Figlia mia, cosa dare, mamma mia, pensacciare. Sette 
Zitchinga for a fantasy, the Vishuli of a good sunny. La la la, Vishrit the Bakala, Wegumba, Nogalamara Jajakata. Just get done with this episode. I swear the song Time Traveler sounds like a montage song, montage song you'd hear on Rock or the Karate Kid training for a big fight. Rocky, I assume he meant. Yeah, no, he's um, right. That's yeah. And it was written during that era. So, yeah, of course. Justin Steele. I find it amazing how Kiss constantly strikes out when putting stuff out for us to consume. I mean, all they have to do is ask some fans what makes sense. A fucking box that should be filled with mostly stuff we never heard or different versions is for diehards. That's who buys this shit. Well, that that being said, I I love the box set. I'm just not a fan of this particular disc. I I, I think overall, when, when we're done reviewing all five discs, we're gonna do a, a separate thing. We we'll just kind of talk about it in general. But I, I'm a, I'm a fan of it for the most part. But I, I get what he's saying, Bruce Fowdy. Great episode, guys. When I first got the box, I listened to this disc maybe twice and never touched it again. Mm. Completely lazy edition. Mm. Seems to be a trend with them over the last 20 years. Oh, boy. Matt Wallace. Here we go. Good episode. I still need to get a copy of the box set for my collection. As I sat here listening to the episode and evacuating my bowels. Again. I suddenly felt an extreme shudder, almost as if I was in a massive ship at sea and suddenly run aground. I soon realized that I'm leaking, or you might say oozing out of my stink tunnel. (laughs) That is when I realized that I'm experiencing the world-famous Exxon Valdez oil spill. (laughs) What is the Exxon Valdez oil spill, you ask? (laughs) That is when everything you've explained above has already happened. But when you go to flush the mess away, you notice your two pet kittens and a random blue jay are in the shit bowl, completely covered in oily feces. (laughs) You spend the next 72 hours cleaning your pets with Dawn dish soap and brawny paper towels while the local news trucks surround your property clamoring for some video footage or an interview about this tragedy. Exxon stocks are sure to drop after the news gets out. Oh, my God. You got problems, Matt, but we love you, buddy. Yeah. All right. Over on YouTube. You do. Jason Leonard. Love the new intro compilation. You guys are making me laugh. Even at 4.30 in the morning, this show absolutely rules. He's not what you would call a handsome man. Where kiss talk and 80s mall talk collide. Oh, there you go. Oh, mall talk. Love it. Mr. Antonio 2005, Sword and Stone would have been a nice demo to add to the box and set in place of that Top Gun heart type influence song, Time Traveler. I know there are just demos around this period, 87, 88, but from Paul, man, did a lot of music and words really lack intensity. Example, best man for you. Don't let go. Two hearts collide. These are horrendous when he was writing for Kiss or any other artist to cover. He's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony Stratus, great episode, guys. On a side note, I'm picturing Bruce Kulick walking on stage 
while Vinny is playing his set at, C- at Creatures Fest, Bruce bitch slaps Vinny, Will Smith style, simply because Vinny began to start to play revenge tracks, Ooh. which simply makes Bruce very annoyed and disrespected. Mm, nice. Mark Stewart, why or why did they not put Eric's cars Eyes of Love on the box set. Here's why. Because fans would have loved it, and Paul couldn't handle that. Could be right. It's true. It's a good song. It's on Rockology. Yep. Marty White. I remember being at some meetings at the KISS headquarters. A group of us were tasked with selecting songs for this for the box set. Paul came in, surprising everybody. All right, people. He screamed, saying, we have one job and one job only. We know who saved KISS in the 80s. He started pointing around the room. It wasn't you. It wasn't you. It wasn't any of you three. He said, motion to the three guys at the end of the table. But that person, that one person who stationed himself at the soul of Kiss is right here before you. All you have to do is say my name. You'll know who it was. He motioned to us, say his name. Only two of the three guys at the end of the table said it. One of them was chewing on a meatball sub Uh of of what looked like a Kiss branded tube sock. Oh, (laughs) fuck. <laughs> Meatball song. Now, now I know you can do better than that, he said, acknowledging the two guys who said his name. The one the one with the disposable camera around his neck. And the one whose face was mostly chin hair. Where was Gene Simmons during the 80s? I said, People, where was Gene Simmons during the 80s? He waited, but no one had a response. Then he said, That's right, no one knew. And therefore, this is my era of Kiss, and Gene will only get one song on this record. Paul left, and the chin hair guy said, you heard him. We have to ban Gene from the record. Then the guy eating the sub stopped chewing and said to his buddy with the camera, this is a great group of people, but you can take a picture of all of us. Then we can't turn that picture into a poster. His buddy agreed but provided a caveat. I'll have to watermark it, but it'll be yours to enjoy. Oh, boy. Nice. Very nice. (laughs) All right, Tom, what do you got? All right, let's fly through a few emails here. Our good friend Gary Cap. Great show, guys. Box sets are supposed to have rarities and demos, and Disc 4 is pretty bland, so I would at least add a few more demos that are out there and a few other songs to bring the disc to 20. Off a of Lick It Up, add the Not For The Innocent demo that has Paul and Gene sharing vocals. Add Sword and Stone from Crazy Nights. And then add Rise to it uh, from Hot In The Shade, Turn On The Knife from Crazy Nights. There you go. You got 20 tracks. I like that, Gary. Well said. Uh, our good friend and Patreon, Anthony Barone, says, It's been a while since I have emailed oh, you guys. Anthony's awesome. Love Anthony. I just have to say a few things. If Shout It Out Loudcast was a stock, I would have broken it out to a new high on one one twenty two. Every episode since the beginning of the year has brought top line guests, tons of information to learn about Kiss and the music industry. That is not the same old info that is always repeated when talking about Kiss. And lastly, great stomach hurting laughter on each episode. All these other podcasts are now doing a March Madness bracket that you guys started years ago. You two are leaders and they are all following you. I've been listening to your podcast almost since the beginning, and then I went back about 10 to 15 episodes to start from the beginning, and I've been listening on a weekly basis ever since. I believe I was the second person to commit to being a Patreon member, and it has been well worth every penny. 
Keep up the hard work and dedication of the podcast because all the listeners appreciate it. Thanks for everything. Tony Barone. I don't even know how to respond to an email like that, but Tony, man, we love you. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you for everything you just said there, buddy. Wow. Yeah. Tony uh, hits it out of the park like he does every time. And Tony, we hope you can join us with that beer social on Patreon, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Yep. Um, And then we'll finish up uh, feedback here with a wonderful DM from a Mr. Shane Loudon. And he says, I just recently discovered your podcast and it has easily moved to my favorite kiss related cast. Now you guys are hilarious. And it sounds like your fans are just as awesome. I already noticed other podcasts stealing your show guests in themes, but I suppose imitation is the highest form of flattery. Too bad they all can't do it as well as you. Thank you for giving honest and humorous assessments of all things KISS. Keep up the great work. Jesus, talk about hitting out of the park. That is Shane Loudon. Shane, again, we get comments like that. That's just amazing. It makes everything that we do here that much even more exciting and better. So Shane Loudon, thank you so much. And for that, my friend, you are the comment of the week. Good answer. Good answer. I like the way you think. I'm going to be watching you. <laughs> yeah, the elephant in the room, Tom. And by the way, great, uh, great message. Thanks a lot, Shane. Um, somebody decided to put up an old five or six, seven-year-old post. I guess in for what? To retort what we had put up with our interview with Roy Dam. Yeah, we got a lot of DMs from people going, yeah. guys, did you see this? Guys, did you see this? And I said, yeah, I said that that's, that you know, that's fine. You know, wh- whatever. If, if everybody's got their own show, got their own business and you do what you want. But uh, yeah, you know, if you're going to respond, I will just add this. It helps to listen to the episode and then formulate a response rather than looking at the topic in formulating a response. That's pretty much the only thing I would say about that. Yeah. um, I just hope, you know, when we're 10 years old, we're not looking at other people's shit and basing what we do based on them. Mm -hmm. I would think by then we'd be secure about our position and where we stand and do our own shit. And then the other, and then the other thing, let's be honest. If you're going to do something like that, acknowledge why you're doing it acknowledge who the person is who the parties involved are because it makes it so much better if it's not something that's being kind of very cryptic kiss fans are not fucking stupid here comes the truth what fucking truth was anything he said a lie who who's who's roy dam what do you mean zeus nobody knows who I don't know who that who's who's that person. Honestly, I don't care. Uh, of course, don't I don't I, care either. I I, I I was actually entertained I, by it all. I don't personally. I don't think you do personally know the other guys on their their show. I don't. Um, God bless them. They, nope. They've had some great episodes in their in their story fucking thing. Of they course, innovators of Kiss podcast. They yep. had they had the biggest podcast in the past. They should continue doing what they do. There's an audience for everybody. There's plenty of kiss info and stuff to talk about for everybody. Yep. We don't need to jump on anybody else's fucking shit. We don't need to be starting to look at what they're doing and whoa, let's do this now. 
and it's not just them. It's just a lot of shit. And a couple people made points of it. And some of the other stuff we didn't even read, Tom. No. About, you know, all of a sudden, everybody's doing polls. Oh, I'm a fucking poll guy now. Right in the middle of our March fucking tournament. Right. Whatever, buddy. Whatever. We do it during March Madness because we thought of doing this because of the tournament. We're both sports guys. Let's do it with Kiss. Let's make it fun. And then we have our weekly poll based on our episode. There's a point to it. Oh, let's just fucking put out a kiss poll every day. Oh, kiss polls. Oh, fucking Jesus Christ. And what happens is fucking you you then start. We start worrying about our shit. Like, are people going to get tired of this shit? Like, do we even want to do one next year now? Oh, I'll be I can can answer that right now, because I'll tell you right now, as you listen to this episode, we're recording it. We're in the middle of the end of the road madness championship i mean it'll be over potentially by you by the time you listen to this unless you i'm i'm it's just disappointing it's kissed hard central it it it's actually actually i it might be the opposite of kissed hard central i think it's just every tournament we do it's like oh i know this song but and i see it with other people there's a ton of great people out there that do tournaments or they do polls they do interactive things and you never see anything other than the most popular song in the poll selections winning there's no fucking fun anymore to any of this. It's like saying, who has the best brass section in their band? Led Zeppelin or Chicago? Led Zeppelin. Right. They don't exactly. have a brass section. Because Motherfucker. they're not. Because they're not. That's exactly right. <laughs> exactly. They're not reading. They, they see the poll options. Zeppelin. <laughs> and whatever. We'll get to this. We'll talk about the tournament at some future date. But yeah, again, there's just a lot of fucking just <laughs> we we get to a whole podcast on podcast blues like shit that drives me nuts and i know there's right. other shit that drives tom nuts that i'm just like are you fucking kidding me just and keep it fucking f- keep it fucking fun for christ's sake fun why not an original Try why not that. yeah why not Splitting the fucking atom here. We're not reporting from Ukraine on, you know, just we're fucking talking about kiss. For God's sakes. You can't have fun and constantly laugh when you're talking about kiss. You're doing it wrong. Correct. You're you're doing it wrong. Yep. Sorry. That's my opinion. But that's how we want to do it. Others have a more fucking, I don't know, philosophical view on kiss. Others want to just interview big stars. Others just want to fart around and tell war stories about Kiss to each their own. But fucking the copying and the stupid shit, I hope it stops because it's getting fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yep. yep. Anyways, um, Tom, what we do next is we give a shout out to our Patreon fans. Mm-hmm. So Patreon is where people can subscribe to the app, follow our show, contribute to our show. And when there's four different levels, you can contribute in any manner you want. And with that, you become in an exclusive club on Patreon. You get some perks from us, whether it's merch, time, uh, input, and shit like that. Uh, Patreon has taken off farther than we've ever expected. Mm-hmm. It, it has been uh, in, uh, an important part of our growth as a show. Last year to this year, how much we've grown and how much Patreon has been a part of it. Oh, it's not, it's immeasurable. Can't. And we can't thank you guys enough. Our Patreon subscribers are the best. 
Uh, we love them. We have a lot of shit in store for them coming up. Uh, we have the beer social with the demon group. We have next month's because we're in April. This will be my pick for ARC. The following months is back to Patreon's pick. It's already yep. here. Exactly. Get your, yep. get your picks ready. You want to be part of that fun. Please subscribe and join our Patreon group. Uh, you can find us on the app Patreon. You can find us uh, on the website, uh, the website, patreon.com or in the episode notes or from our awesome website, shout it out loudcast. Dot com. You'll see a button there right in the front, Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, go to that and uh, look at all the information. If anything interests you, please ask us a question, join, do whatever you like. But we love our Patreon family, and we can't thank you guys enough. And get ready, ARC picks coming up. Yeah, you guys are amazing. It's awesome. Uh, there's so much going on with Patreon right now. You know, like Zeus said, uh, we're trying to schedule that beer social for our demon tier that's coming up. We haven't forgotten about you guys, of course, and ARC next month. Um, It has been an extremely busy time for us getting the website finalized in literally within days of the website being launched. March madness starts. So we have not had any time to freaking catch our breath, but the show goes on and we want to continue providing you with the number one kiss podcast out there. And our Patreons are key to keeping that happening. So guys, please, we love you to death. Uh, if you're a, a listener, if you're new, if you're not sure what Patreon is, like Zeus said, check it out, go to patreon.com, download the app, search for us, take a look. There's all kinds of things, weekly show involvement. And then of course the big events like participating and being a part of creating March madness, uh, the album review crew, uh, rotation picks, different things like that. So check it out, but, uh, we love you guys. So thank you. Yeah. And one last thing I wanted to add, Tom, is people have asked about the Amazon stuff on our website uh, because it, it, people have Amazon stores to everybody's website. So if you go to Amazon from our site, that ends up helping us. Yep. You guys don't notice it on, on your end, but it helps us. So if you purchase something after clicking on, like you saw off the soundboard and as we usually have on the episode, you know, buy it on Amazon or there's an Amazon link on our website. If you click on there and go there, and purchase anything from Amazon within the next, I think, I don't know, an hour or 24 hours or something, we get a portion of that proceeds. Yep. And that proceeds goes right back into our show. Yep. So all that stuff helps us. We really appreciate it. And thank you guys uh, tremendously. So with that being said, Tom, let's move over to Kiss World and find out what's going on there. All right. So the big news that everybody was excited about, and and it was funny because it's been a while since Kiss fans have been like legitimately like, wow, this is cool, is they launched the latest off the soundboard. Um, Now, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but the plan for the off the soundboard is to release one each quarter. So about uh, four times, uh, four times a year, Um, which is pretty awesome. So we had that debacle fucking shit show, Virginia Beach. That was for the first quarter of the year. And uh, they just announced Donington 1996, which is fucking for me. I love it. It's it's the reunion tour. Um, and of course, you know, you got to get that red vinyl because the red vinyl sounds better than the green vinyl that right there. Michael Murphy, right? We know we know the green vinyl is no good. You got to get the red. Um, and of course, Love Guns, my favorite album. If you guys listen to our show, you know where I rank that. So they release a T-shirt for every off the soundboard. This one has the cover of 
love gun with a British flag behind it. It's friggin' amazing. Uh, it's got the reunion set list. Looks really cool. I think the band sounded amazing during this era. So, um, you know, these things are planned out. So it's it's not like they listened to feedback from Virginia Beach. It was like, oh, we got to get something out from the 90s. It's just the way it goes. Um, so this is kind of exciting. No one knows what the next one's going to be. So this one comes out in June, uh, first, second week of June. So you'll get that. And then you can probably expect another one around the fall. And then by the end of the year will be the fourth one. So uh, that is pretty cool from a collector, you know, music standpoint, something that does that we don't already have. So that's cool. Um, and then uh, some Creatures Fest news. Kind of cool. It's almost getting sold out. Uh, they announced a new event that's going to be happening on the Friday of the weekend. They're going to have a, a little hotel pool party. And while they're doing that, they're going to have a rotation of um, musicians doing the Kiss Unplugged uh, in its entirety. And our buddy Joey Casada is going to be at Creatures Fest. And he's going to be one of the guys involved in that little poolside MTV Unplugged event. So we're pumped beyond belief to go to this thing. So please, I, if uh, we said this before, if you guys are going, let us know. Let's hook up. It's going to be an insane weekend. Um, and then, of course, our good friend, Paul Stanley on Twitter. Yeah, Zeus, would you like to talk about what the Star Child has recently done on Twitter? He's put a very good close-up of his face, and he's in Dubai celebrating, talking about it. He put another picture of him in the ocean in Dubai, bragging about his vacation Dubai, and the tone deafness of this, which makes you probably think, like, maybe he has no idea. That's how secluded he is about people bitching about the Dubai shit, which is worse because he is getting blasted about being that fucking tone deaf. of all the places to be. You're in do every single comment, or I should say nine out of 10 were about the fucking Dubai DVD. Yeah. Where's my shit? You owe me money. Fuck yep. that. Yep. Oh my God. So it, that, that it was, was some bad. silliness. Yeah. It was just, just bad. Yeah. And, and then, then, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, in, in contrast to that, is Gene putting up a fucking funny thing about him and burping and on an app on his phone and yep, shit. Yep. Like, that's the difference. That's what Gene does. He knows how to use Twitter properly. It's just, it's, I just wish it wouldn't be like this. Yeah. Come on, Paul. Do better. Come on, Paul. Yeah. Well, and speaking of Paul, then today, he we, we posted this on our social media he posted a picture. It says everybody is going to want this awesome Kiss Cruise 11 poster, a collective's, uh, collector's item for sure. And it looks like the theme of Kiss Cruise 11 is going to be called Kistery at Sea. And the poster is fucking horrendous. I don't know who's going to want this. Um, it is a black Kiss and cards. white. It's a black and white. So it's 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 supposed to look like a like a port, uh, uh, like a window on a cruise ship. And it's a black, an old, old fashioned black and white era photo of four sailors and each one of them has their face painted with the kiss makeup. It's fucking horrendous. I don't know who's buying this. Who I don't know who it's for. I don't know what is that has like anything to do with history at sea. I understand this sailors. Yes. It's a cruise. You're on the ocean. I get that. This is really bad. And I can tell you right now, uh, n- nobody wants this Paul. At least I don't. So the psycho oh, circus, the, psych- the psycho circus poster was awesome. Super fan, Paul. Dude, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, by the way, I'm not sure he listens to the show, but he does. He, inter- he interacts with us on social media. 
I think we might be turning him. He might be getting a little, he might be like, wait a minute, maybe Paul is kind of a douche sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. I know. I'm kidding. Uh, um, I'm kidding. But yeah, he's a little bit over the top to say the least. But, but regardless. That, but, but that he, poster is fucking, it's painful. Yeah. It's really bad. So. Yeah, Tom. So that'll wrap up Kiss World. And uh, I'm going to go over here and grab a, an air freshener to steal, de-stink up my house from your chicken parm episode. Well, we're back. And uh, yeah, the stink, it's made its way all the way, the way through your microphone. <laughs> it's coming out of my microphone. Oof, that's rough. You're gassy, Tom. I feel bad because I, I pull up the wonderful, wonderful gentleman. Adam Mitchell was our guest this week. And this is what we're, he's like. What did I do? You guys anyway, delete this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Adam Mitchell came on our radar. I, I like the fact that he jumped in and he was a key factor in history. Because Absolutely. he was the guy that comes in and brings Vinny and then becomes a songwriter and hits a good era of kiss that end of makeup into make a non-makeup era. And uh, uh, we got in contact with him and he couldn't have been a nicer guy. He gives us some great stories. I'm excited uh, because I I think you guys will really like this. Yeah, he was, he was a gentleman and it was really cool because this was one of those interviews where it's again, why we really love doing video with people because you could see the smile on his face. You could see the passion when he was talking about Eric Carr and how excited oh. the, the love that he had for him and just a really just a, a genuine gentleman with with an unbelievable history, not just kiss. And he he just was not afraid to answer any question. He would just get right into it and talk. And he would honestly say, yes, no, or this is that. And this that's that. And it was just a really, really exciting interview. It was great. I think you guys are going to love it. Here it is. Our interview with Adam Mitchell. So this week, we're very excited. We have an extremely special guest joining us on Shout It Out Loudcast this week. He is a multi-platinum award-winning musician and songwriter. His songs have been recorded over 150 times by many of the world's greatest artists, like Johnny Cash, Merle Haggard, Waylon Jennings, Chicago, Art Garfunkel, and so much more. But this is a KISS podcast. He's also heavily involved with some of the greatest material that KISS has ever put down as far as KISS fans are concerned. We're very excited to welcome Mr. Adam Mitchell to the show. Adam, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks, guys. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So before we get into the KISS talk, we all, every time we have a guest on, we do a couple of fun little KISS questions. We know that your relationship with the band is a little different, but answer these questions as, yeah, yeah. as much fun as you can. <laughs> okay. All right, Adam, we call these the Murph questions after Tommy's old college roommate, my buddy, Murph. Uh, Easy enough question. Uh, Who's your favorite KISS member? Well, you know, (laughs) without being diplomatic, it's it's absolutely true to say that I do love all the guys. I really do. Okay. Uh, But right off the top, I loved Eric particularly mm. um, because, you know, he was the last guy to come in the band and he was so much fun. The, all of them, by the way, 
are a load of fun. I mean, when people ask me what it was like to record with Kiss, it was all I remember was the laughing. We would laugh so much about oh, different crazy. things. Everybody has a great sense of humor. But Eric was really special. He had a – I'm getting goosebumps just talking about him. Wow. He, um, he had a great sense of humor and was just – constantly hilarious so uh, the answer i'll give you for that one is eric although i i really do love all of them so that, okay. that's great now do you have a favorite kiss song oh um, it could be one of yours yeah um i would say it's split between creatures creatures in the night and crazy crazy nights for different reasons yeah. but um i would say one of those two Okay. I also Perfect. like Lick It Up a lot, although okay. I didn't write it. But I, now, loved, I love the guitar riff on that. So hmm. uh, you might not be aware of this, but every year around March Madness, you know, college basketball, yeah, yeah. we yeah. do a Kiss Madness tournament. We've oh. done one on albums. <laughs> we've done one on songs, yeah. makeup, non-makeup. This year, <laughs> as you're aware, Kiss is doing the End of the Road tour. Yeah. And they get a little bit of crap from us fans because they play seemingly the, a lot of the same songs. Yeah. So we took the end of the road set list and we took those songs and put them aside. And we took 64 songs that yeah. are not on the end of the road list and put them in a tournament. We're down to the final four and your creatures of the night is in the final four. That's right. Oh, great. Great. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. great. I love it. They used to play it on the road. I know yeah. they did. They it did. May yeah. Be, may not be uh, this year. Yep. And uh, yeah, it got a lot of fan feedback. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't expect it, but it yeah. knocked out some big songs, and the fans love that song. Mm-hmm. So did you uh, like? Did you do a poll on all these songs? Uh, everyone, played? yep. And we put we, it up on our Twitter uh, account. Wow. And we do this every year. And uh, yeah, and uh, Christmas <laughs> that's a that's a, a brilliant idea. The yeah. Kiss fans, the Kiss fans love it. They look forward to it every year. We put the polls up on Twitter. Tons of involvement in, like you yeah. said, creatures. Creatures of the Night is battling um, I Stole Your Love right now yeah. in the matchup for the uh, final four. Good, good. <laughs> what's the so other good. two? The other two is Come On and Love Me. Come On and Love Me yeah. versus King of the Nighttime World. That's the final yeah, four. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, wow. cool. oh, very good. Yeah. And the next one would be, what is your favorite Kiss album? Uh, my favorite Kiss album is Creatures uh, for a whole bunch of reasons that we can get into later. Yeah, uh, sure. That's definitely my favorite Kiss album. Okay. One of mine too, my friend. So, yep, great album. Now, before you performed or or helped them in the uh, studio, how many times have you seen Kiss actually perform live? Uh, I'd seen them once, and it was, I'm trying to think, it was 77. It was the tour where they all went up in the elevators. Oh, yep. Okay. You know? And yep. Gene was scared to death. You know, he's yeah. scared of heights. <laughs> scared of heights, yeah. yeah. Scared of heights. Yeah. And uh, which, you know, I didn't realize at the time. But that was the only time I'd seen him. And to be honest, I only went uh, – I was at Warner Brothers uh, Publishing at the time. And, you know, and I was doing really well. and was getting a lot of yeah. cuts. So they would give me tickets for any show I wanted to see, you know. And so I, there was a big buzz about Kiss. And I thought, well, you know, I'll go, I'll go and check him out. I really didn't know what to expect. I mean, I knew they wore makeup and so on. And I never dreamed at that point, it's just whatever year that was, 77, 78, yeah. something like that, maybe 79. I never, of course, dreamed in a million years that, you know, I'd be working with them. Yeah. And uh, much less, you know, involved with them 
all these decades later, you know? Yeah. 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 Now the last question is, do you have a favorite kiss memory? Maybe a song you wrote with somebody Um, or an experience or Eric prank. I would say, boy, there's a lot to pick up, but the thing that comes to mind immediately is when we were doing backgrounds, I can't remember what record or what songs it was on, but I remember standing there and Paul and I and Eric, I think it was, we're out in the studio and we're doing this three-part background and I can't even remember what song it was, but I remember thinking, my God, Paul Stanley sings higher, <laughs> better, <laughs> better higher than any other human being on the planet. <laughs> yeah. That must have been crazy nights. It might have been. Yeah, it might have been. Because that album, Paul was in a zone. Oh, totally in a zone. Yes. Uh, So it it probably was, because I'm thinking back to where we did the demos for that. But but basically, my overall favorite memory uh, is just how much we laughed. Mm. Because everybody in the band has a great sense of humor. That's awesome. And uh, and also then our, our bowling, when we were all you know, bowling, crazy. <laughs> nice. That's a whole other, that's a whole podcast, right? Really? <laughs> right, right, oh, yeah. right. Oh yeah. Trust me. Trust right. me. Well, those, right. those are, those are awesome answers to our yeah. fun questions. So now let's get into the story of Adam Mitchell and kiss. Let's start from the beginning. You were introduced to the band or you were, can, you were hooked up to the band through Michael James Jackson. Correct us if we're wrong. Yeah, so. that's exactly right. I had, uh, when I was still living in Toronto, I was doing well up there producing bands, and I produced this one band called Flood, uh, and we'd had a couple of hits. They were on A&M Records. So A&M set, uh, sent Michael Jackson, who was working, you know, he was kind of like a junior producer or something at the time at A&M in Los Angeles. And they sent him up there, and I met him in, in Flood's manager's office, and we kind of, you know, connected a little bit. Mm. And... um Gosh, six or seven years later, by this time I was in L.A. and uh, I had my own record deal on Warner Brothers. And, and I was in my own, in Sunset Sound recording my record. And Michael Jackson just happened to be in the next room in Sunset Sound recording another band called Pablo Cruz. So he came in and he heard all the songs that I'd written and he really he, he really liked the songs that I'd written. So a couple of years after that, when they were looking for someone to write with Kiss, uh, on what's it was on Kiss Killers actually yeah yeah creatures. Yep. Michael suggested me, and it was kind of an odd pairing because I had not, you know, I was a seventies singer songwriter, you know, yeah. And even although I played and I had a big rock band and played Monterey Pop Festival and all that, but I was at that point I'm just seventy singer songwriter. But I, I was Michael thought I was a good songwriter, and so he decided to hook me up with kiss and gene came over to my house and gene and i wrote a couple of songs they weren't even kiss songs but it went well and um but honestly i thought it's going to be like two days you know two days <laughs> i've never dreamed it was going to be all this time and then paul asked gene apparently how it went and gene said it went great and i started writing with paul and we clicked and then boom that was it so michael jackson yes i owe michael a lot wow and so you guys came up with I'm a legend tonight and partners in crime and partners in crime. Right. How did those two songs come about? Were they songs you brought in 
Paul, no, no, they were. How does it work? Every song that I wrote, I think Paul, I, gosh, I don't know how many songs we wrote together, but a lot of songs. Yeah. Uh, and I think there's nine or 10 on the records. Um, what we'd always do was Paul would have an idea or even just a title. And then, um, and it was important to do it that way because we're writing a Kiss song, right? Not writing an Adam Mitchell song for my, for my yeah. records. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be authentic with Kiss. So, and Paul was never short of ideas or titles. So um, he'd say, for example, he'd say, listen, I've got this, I'm a legend tonight or something. And then we'd just start working it out. And then when we had the song written, I had a, a, a studio in my bedroom, one of my bedrooms at home in my house. And we'd record the demo there. That's where we did Danger. That's where we did, you know, pretty much all those songs, Creatures and everything else, you know. And um, so that's that's how we would work it out. We'd, Paul would always have a title or an idea, and we'd take it from there. So when you were, when you were brought in to work on those Killers songs, obviously those original songs in Killers were the band was trying to pick up the pieces after the yes, elder debacle. The elder, absolutely. So did you use, when you were working with Paul on that, were, were you conscious of what you were trying to achieve based on what the band and some fans considered a failure of the elder? Was absolutely. that okay? Absolutely. Because, uh, and I, by the way, I knew Bob Ezrin really well. Yeah. Because Bob was from Toronto and I, in fact, I bought my first car from Bob. <laughs> wow. Okay. I did. I did. That's I did. a good I story. It, it, what boy is ever? It was called Rocco. It was a little Fiat 124 convertible. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and his wife at the time, Arlene, and I are still good friends. We're still really good friends. That's great. Nice. Um, but um, yeah, I knew what had happened with the, the elder. It wasn't a record that I had, but I knew it had been a debacle because Paul told me. <laughs> and, and he told me quite clearly, you know, we we we've really got back. Uh, we've really got to get back to sounding like Kiss. Mm. And mm-hmm. he explained the whole elder concept to me, and the whole thing just sounded ridiculous. Which, <laughs> of course, it was. <laughs> it was, it was. <laughs> <laughs> totally. You know, I'm I'm curious though. Did you have the same conversation with Gene? And what was Gene's perspective? Because a no. lot of it was from Gene. I wonder yeah. if he was like, oh, people just didn't understand, but it was really brilliant. Yeah, I know. No, no Gene and I, well, Gene probably knew better than to bring the subject up. <laughs> right? Uh, no, when Gene came over, actually, um, I think Gene, Gene just wanted to uh, suss me out as a songwriter. Yeah. So I played him a couple of songs uh, that I had written. Um one of which he re-recorded himself for a solo album called Something Seems to Happen at Night. But anyway, he and I wrote a couple of songs. They were almost more like Steely Dan songs. Ooh, <laughs> I love Steely Dan. I'm a huge Steely oh, yeah, Dan oh, fan. No, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm the, I've listened to the Royal Scam 400 times. Of course. Yeah. Fantastic. In fact, today I was in the car today and I heard Reeling in the Years. Oh, yeah. The best guitar solo ever in the history. Yeah. Yep. I'm a huge wow. fan. So, um, so we wrote a couple of songs. One was called Gina, this idea, you know, wanting to be Steely Dan, uh, called Chrome Goes Into Motion. Don't even ask me what it means. <laughs> I have no idea. Gene's <laughs> ideas are amazing. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. But, um, so I think he was trying to uh, suss me out as a songwriter. Yeah. But apparently he liked, you know, he saw I could contribute and, 
uh, I could play for what that was worth a little bit. And um, so I know, I think it might've been Michael Jackson told me, you know, when he went back, Paul said to him, what's it like, what was it like writing with this guy, Adam Mitchell? And he said, yeah, it was great. So Paul came over, I can't remember, maybe a week later or something. Can't remember. And he and I sat, uh, sat down and started writing, but he told me right away, uh, which was good, that they wanted to get back to sounding like Kiss. They wanted to get back to sounding like a rock and roll band. Mm-hmm. And um, that's one of the reasons that I like Creatures so much, because it sounded like a Kiss record. Yeah. And it sounded like they were back to being kissed, except, except they moved down the road. It was even more sophisticated than some of the earlier stuff, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it was back to sounding like kiss, and the drum sound was great. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, that's that's a thing with me and Tom. I love it. Tom is nah, not too much of a big fan of that Eric Loud, Michael James Jackson yeah. creatures yeah, thing. Yeah. 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 But it's, it's a little polarizing. I, I just think uh, what Michael James Jackson does, he doesn't get the credit. For those three albums that he did, Killers, right. Lick That's It Up, and, and Creatures, that he it should be the trinity of producers for Kiss. Yeah. It shouldn't just be, oh, yeah, Bob Ezra and Eddie Kramer, and then, yeah. you know, Vinnie Poncia. And, uh, no, no, no. Yeah. I think you Michael know, I, James Jackson should be right up there because those absolutely. albums are fantastic. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And, and Michael helped. Uh, I just talked to him last night, coincidentally. Uh, Michael helped. It was Michael who really said, listen, to get back to being kissed and to move us down the road and to, you know, resurrect yourselves, you need to start thinking songs. Yeah. Songs first. Now I've come to realize, you know, over my life and career as a songwriter, everything in music is a multiplication. What You know, the guitar, the sound, the drums, whatever. It's a multiplication of the power of the song. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a great song, a hundred times nothing is nothing. So Michael really deserves the credit for emphasizing songs, and really that's ultimately why he why he brought me in. But to answer your question, yes, I knew the elder had been a debacle, and I knew where we needed to go with this, where Paul and I needed to go. I think what you just said is absolutely right on the money. The songs from there, there's no real fillers. For no. me, between the four songs on Killers, Creatures of the Night, and Lick It Up, those Michael James Jackson albums, yeah. right. albums are killer, yeah. pun intended. They're yeah. killer. And yeah. all those songs have a uniqueness to it, and but they're heavier. And they're they heavier. keep and they keep the melody and the melodic kiss sound is still in there, even yes. though it's heavier than their earlier 70s. And they're heavier, yeah, absolutely. No, that's all that's all um to Michael's credit, to Michael Jackson's credit. Yes. Uh he was a great I mean, he was an unlikely producer based on what he'd done in the past for Kiss, but you know, things that happen in music or life in general, but music, it's often just serendipity. You know, mm-hmm. somebody wouldn't think this might work out or it might be the right guy. Turns out to be the perfect guy. And I really think Michael deserves an enormous amount of credit. Well, for- speaking of that, <laughs> I don't know if you get the credit or the blame, but yeah. the the story goes, you brought a Mr. Vincent Cassano. Oh, my God. This. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, I did. I did. Yes. But, but I also kissed him. So they'd been looking for, you know, another guitar player. And um, 
And I had written a big hit with, uh, or not a huge hit, but a hit yeah. uh, with with Vinny for, that John Waite did, a song called Tears. Yes. Okay. And yeah, I'd written another song with them also. Um, so I knew Vinny's pluses and minuses. Mm-hmm. And I knew that he was a phenomenal guitar player. Vinny yes. really was an incredibly musical. I remember one, I was over at his house one day and he played me White Christmas, you know, on a guitar. Oh, wow. Beautiful. It was all these jazz chords. So, you know, they've been trying out all these. I think they, in the end, they tried out, they tried Vinny out virtually right away. And I said to Gene, I said, listen, I think this guy's the right guitar for you, a great guitar player for you, but. <laughs> but. <laughs> Here comes the but. And, and and that's all I said. <laughs> but, and, you know, yeah. and Gene, Gene's no fool. So they tried Vinny out, and the story, as I got it, as I understand it, they knew he was a fabulous guitar player, but there was personality clashes right away. Mm. And I had heard, I don't know if it was Gene that told me or whoever told me, that they tried out like another 75 guitar players <laughs> before they were more or less reluctantly saying, all right, um, we got to go to Vinny. Yeah. And I may have mentioned at the time, as I did when they got Ace and Peter back, I may have mentioned at the time this will end in tears. <laughs> <laughs> but, I may have. Yeah. Uh, but, and of course it did. But Vinny, you know, Vinny's all about the conversation. But yes, uh, I introduced him, uh, Vinny, to them. And he was what? Um, You know, the story in in Kiss World goes that you two were kind of writing partners. And then uh, Vinny kind of kind of squeezed his way in a little bit and started writing with them as well. Is that? Oh yeah. No, that was, well, actually I'd completely forgotten about that. (laughs) No, no. Let's get to the good stuff. All right. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, well, this is Jenny's nature. So my house at the time was up in the hills in the the Hollywood Hills and just off Mulholland. And it it wasn't easy to get to my house and I had a long driveway and so on. So Jeannie and I are over there writing one day and there's a knock on the door and it's Vin- Vinny clearly knew I was writing with Vinny that day. And he says, he knocks on the door and it comes, he said, well, I was just in the neighborhood. Well, <laughs> nobody's ever just in that neighborhood. Gotcha. <laughs> so, um, so I go into the studio to, I don't know, start a mix or something. And Gene is in the kitchen eating granola. Some of my granola. <laughs> no, that's a true story. And Vinny, Gene tells me afterwards, Gene tells me afterwards, because uh, Gene's really straightforward, oh, yeah. uh, he, um, which I love. Uh, he said to me, he told me afterwards that Jenny, uh, Jenny came up to him quietly said, you know, because I was down the hall in the other room. Yeah. He says, yeah, you know, you and I should start writing. And Gene, of course, being loyal and generous to a fault, says, well, you know, Adam's here. We can we can start. And then he said, no, 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 just you and me. Oh, jeez. <laughs> wow. No, I didn't care. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't care at all. Uh, but it's to Gene's credit, and it shows you what kind of guy Gene is, that he told me that immediately thereafter. Yeah. yeah. And then um, anyway, so that that's how he started. But once he was in the band, it was naturally he was going to start writing with them anyway. And Gene write, you know, writes a lot of people. I had no sense of, you know, Gene only needs to be writing with me. You know, it's yeah. crazy, you know. So, but yes, that's the true story. <laughs> um, so Gene, wait, wait, wait a minute. Gene eating so, granola. Yeah. And Vinny yeah. whispering to him, I think me and you need to write together. Yeah, yeah. 
That's your story. I mean, that's. I believe it both. Of course, they sound totally legitimate. That's great. That's great. So when you and Paul started working on writing the title track for Creatures of the Night, which uh, which, as we said earlier, the the fans love it. It's an absolutely killer opening track. I loved, loved that it opened up a live three. I think it's a fantastic song. The chorus, the bridge, it's wonderful. How I mean, the title alone, the opening lyrics. Is yeah. that a song? Is that a song where you had the the title Creatures of the Night and then you took it from there and then it created yeah. this, this monster song that you had? Yeah, Paul had the title. If, if, if we always work with Paul's titles. As okay. Paul had the, the title. And I think that the first line or two, he might have already had. I, I can't mm-hmm. remember. Or he came up with them shortly thereafter. And then it just kind of spun out. We did the demo. I came up with that guitar lick that, that which I ended up playing on the record. That, but yeah. So I did that in my, in my. I played on my Blue Charvel that I had at the time nice. in our demo on the uh, the studio. And we just, you know, we just used the drum machine for the demo. Uh, there's a great song about danger. I'll tell you about that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, please! I love that song. Uh, but anyway, so we just, you know, we came up with it pretty quickly. And uh, Paul and I would always write uh, pretty quickly. And, um, you know, it just kind of came out the way. It, and then we did the demo. I'd, I'd, do, I'd, make, up a, I'd make up a drum part and, and uh, play the bass. And we'd put on rhythm guitars and, you know. So, um, but yeah, that was Paul's idea. But no, at the time... We had no idea if it was going to be on the record, much less the title of the record. Mm. Because the way that Gene and Paul work, and this goes for any record, Paul and I would write a bunch of songs. Gene and I would write a bunch of songs. They'd write songs with other people, you know, Brian Adams, whomever. Yeah. Yep. And then they, they get together after they've got a whole bunch of songs, 30, 40 songs, whatever. And then they would go through the songs. And the songs that made the record were the ones that they both agreed on in other words uh, if if uh i if paul and i had written a song and gene wasn't convinced then it wouldn't make the record wow okay and uh, so the only songs that made the records out of all the you know they as i say they probably have 40 songs i don't know for each record yeah. so the only songs that make the record in the in the uh, when all was said and done was the songs that both gene and paul thought were great songs Wow, and, that, and that, that's interesting. Reserved, and that's true for all the uh, Kiss records, certainly all the ones that I worked on. Interesting. Um, mm. So, uh, and then they're smart to do it because that way nobody's having to play a song that they think stinks. Mm. And uh, they, they agreed on all the songs. So that's how um, Creatures and uh, Danger and uh, Keep, Keep Me Coming yeah. ended up. Keep Me Coming, yes. Yeah. But, but we had no idea that the album was going to be called creatures uh nor did we for that matter know that crazy crazy nights was going to be the title yep of that of that album you know it just worked out that way yeah and there's a lot of ghost players on that album apparently you're one of them yeah yeah. did you play on any other part of the album that you're not credited not that i remember no i don't think so i think i just you know i'd come up that like uh, to be honest uh i wasn't that crazy even though it was my like I yeah. thought, you know, we got to get somebody. We got to get like, you know, we tried um, Steve well, Ferris. <laughs> That's yeah, who no, played the, the I don't, solo. Yeah, I don't think Steve, we even tried to have Steve play it because it wasn't easy like to play. I remember we tried um, 
uh, Robin, that great jazz guitar player. Anyway, the bottom line is nobody. Yeah, Robin Ford. Phenomenal player. Yeah. Nobody could play it right. (laughs) And so reluctantly, they said, well, you've got to do it. So I ended up doing it on the record. That's and awesome. now, I th- now I think it sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, it, it absolutely. Of but course. It, but it wasn't it wasn't easy to like to play because the first part da 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 da, da that's a shuffle, and then it, and the and then the rest goes to biddly biddly beta, which is you know like sixteenth notes or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. So now, one of the things about Kiss they're kind of uh, known for is a lot of tongue in cheek sexual innuendo songs. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. I look down the list of songs you did with Kiss. There's yeah. only one that kind of sticks out, and that's the next track. Who came yeah. up with that whole thing? And were you like, "No, no, I was that was Paul's idea." Yeah, I would think so. Of but course, like, it was. How does that like? Uh, how did that work? Were you at any point like, uh, "Dude, I'm not writing this stuff." No, 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 no. I just went with like you know, it's a rock and roll band, right? Yeah, exactly. yeah, I know. And I know. Uh, you know, it's that's like saying that would be set, like saying no to writing with ACDC, you know. <laughs> right, no, right. they're they're like that too, and they have those type yeah. of tongue in cheek lyrics. And yeah, and ACDC, their lyrics are brilliant. Yep, love you them, know, absolutely yeah. brilliant. So no, no, no. I, of course, he came up with the idea, and I, I'm sure I said, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> you know, yeah. keep me coming. What's that one going to be about, Paul? Yeah, let's, yeah. Let's, let's figure <laughs> this one out. Um, <laughs> but you mentioned the other song, and that's the last song that you wrote together on this, and that's Danger. That yeah. is one of my favorite Kiss deep cuts of all time. I yeah. love it. I think Paul sings the hell out of it. I love the melody on it. Yeah. And I just think it 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 rips. And, yeah. and his voice is just phenomenal on it. It's such yeah. a kick-ass, like, like, I don't know, makes you want to go through a wall type of song. I love it. Yeah, and I think I think that I think that this was the beginning of Paul's voice starting to really take off into yeah, another okay. level. Yeah, I would. Be, I never thought of that that way before, but I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. So here's a story in danger. Um, so we'd written a song, and and we're in my little studio, and so I've got the drum machine. So I put together that drum part that diddle 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 that. So mm. you know, it's really hard on a drum machine. Of course, it does it perfectly. Yeah. I wish I still had the demo. Really, <laughs> oh. and then we get to the studio, and I play it for poor Eric. Oh, and he said, oh, my God, he said, he said, he said, uh, what should I play on this? I said, oh, just do something amazing. <laughs> so, and, and he did. And he did. Yeah. But that's a hard, hard part to play. But Eric was up to it, you know. Yeah, that's a unique that is a unique yeah. drum pattern for that song. I think that's what makes the song so yeah, killer. Really you know, I, forward. Yeah. No. So yeah. I come up with that in my in my uh, I just figured it out in the studio with Paul and yeah. Yeah, it's a. It, I think it's just an unheralded track. Yeah. After after Creatures of the Night, though, was there a, like a conscious effort, like you go your way, I'll go mine? Because you don't come back until Crazy Nights. Was that just you know I have my work to do, you have yours? Yeah, uh, pretty much. I think. Um, you know, I was very interested in screenwriting uh, at okay. that point, writing screenplays. Mm. I was spending a lot of time doing that, and um, yeah, I don't really know why it's. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, 
Can it's you, too do you, bad because I think you guys would have written some other yeah, great songs. I don't know. I mean, maybe, I, honestly, I don't remember. It's a long time ago, but I do remember I was spending a lot of time writing screenplays and stuff like that. So. Can you recall what brought you back into the fold for that crazy night oh, session? Oh, I'm sure. Is, probably. I mean, not specifically, but I'm yeah. sure Paul just called me up. I mean, Paul and I had written some other songs in the meantime that never yeah. made records. And Gene and I, yeah, it's all coming back to me now. Yeah. <laughs> Gene and I had written a lot of... You know, we wrote for EZO, that Japanese band. Yep. Oh, that's yep. right. That he produced. Yep. That he produced. Um, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story about that. But <laughs> All right. Uh, well, well, stop. Let's hear it. <laughs> uh, we, had, we had written songs for Black and Blue. Yep. yep. We had written songs for, well, we just written a bunch of songs um, like uh, Wendy O. Williams did one of our songs. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yep. So Gene and I were writing for other projects, so it wasn't like I was out of the loop. But I, honestly, gotcha. I, can't, I can't remember. I really can't remember. Yeah. Uh, any chance you want to tell the EZO story? Oh, so <laughs> that was a great record. That was really a great record. I don't really remember them. I just remember there was a couple of videos. Oh, on my MTV. God. Number, every time I go somewhere, I'm a musician who'd heard it. Even the, I remember... Uh, uh, Mickey from the Bangles. Remember mm-hmm. that girl, Grim, that had walked like an Egyptian? Oh, yeah. She came up to me at a party or something. She said, oh, I love that Easy O record. Musically, it was great. The problem was they were Japanese. Yeah. Yeah. And they wouldn't listen to Gene's advice. They had to put this makeup on. He's... Anyway, that's why it didn't happen. But it's really, musically, there's some fantastic music in there. So when we were in the studio, um, these guys, unlike American bands, they were so polite. You know, the Japanese <laughs> are so polite. And like after every, after every uh, take, they would come in and they would say to one another, um, how did you like your performance? And Whereas, you know, it's an American band. <laughs> you know, somebody's going to come in and say, there's not enough for me. You know, yeah. <laughs> more um. me. So they were so polite. Nice guy. They brought a, an interpreter with them. This Australian girl, actually, she, she was uh, their interpreter. So they were really pleased with the record. And afterwards, uh, they took us out to this Japanese uh, restaurant to say thank you, you know, and have a meal and so on. They got so drunk. <laughs> I mean, I mean, lobster on the nose drunk. Oh, <laughs> it, was just, it was such a contrast. Wow. To, you know, how screwed, but that's apparently that's okay in Japan. Everybody forgives you. Yeah. For anything of, you do when of, you're drunk. of course. Yeah. That, so anyway, I've been doing, you know, that and just other tracks with Gene, you know, different other projects. Yeah. And also I'd been, Gene and I had been flirting with some movie stuff at the time. Uh, script, yeah. He liked one script I'd written in particular, and then we were taking it around. So, Well, yeah. speaking of that, that that's kind of a, a good segue before we get into some of the, the writing with Creatures of the Night. Crazy. What, I'm sorry. Cr- I'm sorry. Crazy Nights. Yes. Yeah. So a lot of the things that people hear about, you know, KISS fans is is the 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 perceived strained relationship during the eighties, specifically with Paul and Gene, because of, of maybe the way Paul looked at Gene of him drifting away and being involved in screenwriting and being involved with the celebrities, the shares, the Diana Ross. Did you see that when you were working with them, songwriting recording studio, or were they still kiss? We're a team. We need to work together to succeed. Like, no, when we were in, uh, when we were in the studio, the times I wasn't there all the time, of course, but I was yeah. there a lot of the time. Yeah. 
And uh, no, there's a never, I can tell you categorically, never ever once did I see an argument in the studio mm-hmm. because I, because um, any, the songs had all been picked. Yeah. So they all agreed on the songs. They were all going to play what they used, what they normally played. Everybody's role as a player was well-defined. Mm-hmm. And I never, ever saw anything like that. Was Paul unhappy with what Gene was doing? Maybe. I don't know. It just was not, uh, you know, it was just not part of my experience with them, even although, I mean, Paul and I were really good friends. We'd go out, you know, at one point we were even double dating roommates, you know. Whoa. Nice. And, uh, okay. So Paul, and I, Paul and I would go to, you know, comedy club and go to movies and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that said, Anybody who's ever been in any band, particularly a successful band, there is always some degree of tension in a band because sure. being in a band is like being married to five people at once. <laughs> yeah, there I you can go. Imagine. It yep. just is. Good analogy. <laughs> yep. You know, and then so, you know, the, most of the time it's good, but there's going to be times you have arguments and so on. But yep. by the time we got to the studio, I was writing with them separately because they were writing separately anyway. Mm-hmm. And, um, and by the time they got to studio, I, I don't remember, at least in the, the, the lot of the time that I was there, I don't remember any arguments. Mm, good. Good to hear. When you were doing, so when you, when you started working on Creatures of the Night, obvi- I'm sorry, Crazy Nights. Yeah. Keep the too many nights. Yeah, yeah. A lot of Cra- nights. Crazy Nights was clearly, it was a different era for Kiss. It was a different era for yeah. rock music than Creatures of the Night. That's right. Very, very different album. Uh, not as not as heavy and bombastic, a lot more pop-oriented uh, you right. know, the, with the keyboards, etc. Obviously, you had to tailor the type of songs that you were writing. Was that something that Paul and Gene were already kind of aware of, or did you kind of have to spin them in that direction? Say, hey, no, this no, is not at this all. Is- no, no, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to spin them in any direction. I okay. want to write. It's a you know, uh, again, they're not. We're doing Kiss songs here. We're not doing Adam Mitchell songs. You know, yeah, right, right, right. Uh, uh, and that was important. And I, you know, I'm sure I said that to to Paul at some point. No, there was. Um, Yes, they wanted to spin it, and you know they taken off the makeup. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they want to. I never heard them use the word spin it in a more pop direction, but um, it was going in in that direction. But crazy, not. I mean, I remember Paul uh, when we got together. I remember him saying, uh, "Listen, I want to just some of big arena vibe. Yes, you know, like, let's get crazy tonight or something like that." And that's where it came from. Wow. Um. I mean, I, I've, I'm sure I must have mentioned this before, but we did, again, we're still doing demos. Uh, no, did that, I'm trying to think, we didn't do that demo at my house. But anyway, the demo we did, I, we did it in the studio on Sunset. I can't remember the name. But I really liked our demo better than the final record. Oh, wow. Because it, we had, the backgrounds were louder and it sounded more like a whole arena mm. singing along. Yeah. Now, all of that said, the record was, particularly in the rest of the world, not so much in America, was a big hit. Mm. In Britain, in Europe, in it's England, still played yeah. all the time. It's still played all the time over there. I was in Rome um, three or four years ago, and we came out of the hotel. Patsy and I came out of the hotel, and there's a, a you know, in Europe they had these kiosks you'd call them with posters and stuff on them. Mm-hmm. This this was right. Really nice hotels were in fact, were Lady Gaga's days called the Baglioni, 
And uh, we get there, we check out, and we come out to, you know, go and get something to eat. And there's this kiosk on it with a Crazy Nights poster. Wow. <laughs> Crazy Nights, 19, whatever it was, 80, 87. 87, yeah. whatever. Yeah. With Gene, everybody's face. I, I So I took a, a picture, you know, my That's phone. awesome. Oh, yeah. I took a picture and I texted Paul right away. Wow. But, uh, no, he wanted to write. Um, oh, yeah. So what I was going to say was, you know, so I liked our demo better. But Ron Nevison made a record. It was a hit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Ron was the producer and the engineer. So all credit to him. And it's turned out to have tremendous longevity in England and Sweden and France and so on. But, I mean, they played over there all the time. Yeah. So, yeah. Even on the end of the road tour, they swap yeah. out. They don't play Crazy Nights here in the U.S., but yeah. when they go to England and then you go to Europe, that's right. they, they put it in the set list that's yes, right. because of what you're saying, because there is. A and problem. also the other interesting thing about that song is there are so many, and this goes to back to what I was saying about how important the song is. There are so many different versions of Crazy Nights. There are slow versions. There's even a, a version with Gregorian monks. Wow. Doing it. <laughs> it was, I mean, if you go on, uh, what's his name? Nielsen. Um, Oh, I'll think of his name in a sec. But if you just go on YouTube and, and and Google Crazy Nights, yeah, there's version after version after version because it's a great, as you were saying earlier, it's it's a great melody and it's a great lyric. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Of course. Yeah. So, you know, songs, songs, songs. And uh, Crazy Nights just turned out really well. Again, we had no idea that was going to be the title song on the record, but you know, hmm. so it turned out to be. Adam, one of the things I've said in many times on this show, I say, if I had to bet my life, one person, and I say, you go write a song and I will like it. Mm. Nobody in this world more than Paul Stanley. He knows hooks. Yeah. He knows chorus. Yeah. He knows melody. Yeah. And he's they're catchy songs. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And I trust him more than anybody to write a song yeah. that I'll like. Somebody else might write a better song, but not all. I don't trust that they hit it every single time there's something about him that he knows what works and yeah paul is uh, i've been asked you know yeah. several times in interviews over the year what the difference between writing with gene and paul uh they're just different gene is interested in what works for that for that situation uh, it doesn't mean he accepts anything gene you know he's he wants it to be a certain way and we write a song for that situation uh i've told the story before but here's writing with gene and how Writing with a lot of stars can be difficult, uh, but not Gene's easy to write with. Uh, he and I were writing a song for, I don't even remember the band, but we started arguing about um, a line in the second verse. You know, I, I thought my way was better. He thought his line was better. So my daughter was about 16 at the time and Shannon were in the kitchen. So Gene called them both in and he, he didn't tell them whose line was whose. He said, which line do you like better here? Well, it turns out they both picked my line so <laughs> that was it it was in the song there was no eagle there was nothing gene yeah. just wants what works boom paul when people when i've been asked this part paul is as you nailed it paul is more of a songwriter songwriter mm-hmm. you know paul's a bob dylan fan paul's i mean not that gene isn't but gene is very specific to what he's doing paul i think is you could say he he wants to write songs more that might stand on their own, even though they were just were writing it for Kiss. Mm-hmm. But 
Crazy Nights is the proof of that because it's been done by so many different people and and so many different, you know, slow. I never would have, you know, we wrote it as a, a as an arena rocker. I sure. never in a million years would have thought these these beautiful slow versions you can hear on YouTube mm-hmm. now. So um yeah, yeah, Paul is uh Paul is a songwriter for yeah, sure. I'm gonna take what you said to heart because you're right. That's why when I, I love those unplugged series by MTV, yeah, yeah. When you got they work. They work because it's the song. That's why you can take yeah. a grunge band like Nirvana or yeah. Alice in Chains and you're like, wow, this unplug works because yeah. it's still there's something in the song and the That's melody right. in the verses in the lyrics yeah. that work within the song. Yeah, so, I, th- I think I think that MTV unplugged opened up a lot of eyes for, for, for people that weren't Kiss fans. When you when you hear them do a song like Sure Know Something or Got to Choose or Coming Home, oh, yes. those are those are spectacular songs in and if, if if the song is good unplugged that's then it's it. a it's, a, it's so, a good song so you know i i, I teach songwriting as well yes yeah. yeah yep and so my definition when i start out with a writer and some writers are really already far down the road but my definition of a great song you have to take away all the production a great song is one that you can walk into a club where they don't know who you are and they've never heard the song before. And you can sit down with one guitar or at a piano, just you and that one instrument and play that song and move them. Yeah. Perfect. That's a great song. Yep. Not all hit records are great songs. You know, who let the dogs out was a hit record, (laughs) but I wouldn't want to be, I wouldn't want to be playing in the club. (laughs) Yeah. But and uh, we'll get to this at the a uh, little bit later. But uh, one of the things is that I love is you wrote for these, you know, country giants. And at the end, like Johnny Cash and Waylon Jennings. And that's why I love country, because you could take away everything. And he could be yes. like, you know what? My band didn't show up. Uh, yep. My sound doesn't hear. Here's yep. a microphone. Here's my guitar. And go listen to Johnny Cash's last albums. Yeah, It's exactly. him taking every song that he. Yeah, like any song you can think of that was ever popular, he yeah. put on those last few albums, yeah. and you're like, "Oh my god, I love this version." Yeah, and, and also because you know he's got that voice. Yeah, but yeah. there's a song in there, yeah. and it's yeah. him in a guitar, and he makes yeah. it work. So this is again, this is what I preach: everything in music, the production, the singer, the everything, the band, everything is a multiplication of the power of the song. Absolutely. And that's why Crazy Nights and, and some of these other songs you just mentioned, they play unplugged. They last, yeah. Lastly, about those Crazy Nights. So you wrote, I'll fight hell to hold you. Yeah. When your walls come down. Yeah. So did you say to Paul, Paul, sing higher than you'll ever sing again in your life. And <laughs> no. you'll regret singing this high because yeah. you'll never be able to match it again. Those two no. songs, he, those two songs, especially I'll fight hell to hold oh you. My wow. God. Yeah. So it may have been on one of those songs that when I when you were asking me about you know my favorite memories with Kiss, yeah. it may have yeah. been when we were doing the demos because on often we were doing the demos. Paul and I would sing the backgrounds, and sometimes Eric would join us. Mm-hmm. But it may have been during one of those songs that I said to myself, "Wow, he sings higher and better, <laughs> higher better than any other human being on the planet." Yeah, I mean, so he, Paul can sing, in particular at that time astoundingly high yep, and still make it work. A lot of people will tell you like, well, I've got four octave range. 
But what is your effective range? What is your emotionally effective range where it still works? Yeah. Where it yeah. emotionally works. And Paul can be up there in the stratosphere and it still emotionally works. He doesn't sound like he's screeching. It just, it works great. And it's, it's perfectly said. Yeah. yeah. It's the same thing with the guitar player, the shredder versus yeah. a guy that can That's move right. Versus Eddie Van Halen. It's who, who plays the great notes. Eddie Van Halen's not great because he could shred. He played the right notes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Perfectly and he made said. good music. Unlike songs. my taste, uh, Bruce and I went one night to uh, Santa Monica Civic to hear, uh, what's his name? He's a real flash guitar. It was Vinnie Vincent. Ingve uh, no, Malmsteen. <laughs> yeah, I know it wasn't Ingve. It was another, I'll think of his name. Steve. Steve Vai. Steve Vai. Yeah. And I don't, you know, to me, he doesn't move me at all. He's a shredder. He's a shredder. But all know, those so guys, much, you know, yeah. all of those guys, there's another guy to around about that time. But anyway, um, yeah, it's just that's like it's just like a guitar player who plays Eddie Van Halen has changed guitar playing forever. Be, not just because of his technique, but because he played fabulously great notes. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Um, one other thing on uh, that, I just want to bring up when your walls come down. Now, I remember when this album come out, I'm probably in junior high. I'm buying all the metal yeah, magazines. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. remember, Kiss has got a new album coming out. It's called this and that. And I'll never forget that Paul kept saying, this is like our destroyer. This is like our destroyer. And yeah. he mentioned when your walls come down, yeah. was that ever something discussed? Like, Hey, I want to get back to some of our 70s sound and that, cause that has the, I bet you that's the song you're talking um, about. Cause it has a big chorus. Yeah, it might have been. Uh, again, I don't remember specific. You know, it's, people ask me about you know, expect me to remember every ah, single. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't no, remember what I ate this morning. Don't worry about it. <laughs> exactly. But uh, it, yeah, it might have been that song. No, I don't remember that uh, he specifically said that. But here's what happens with a band. And this happened with Kiss. When you kind of, if, if there's. If there's been a moment where you feel like you've lost your groove, as they did with the elder, mm-hmm. and then they, they they did creatures and they started getting back into it, you start to get that confidence back, and yeah. who, who you are naturally starts to come out. Okay, well said. That's true. Right. Yep. And that's why some of those things I think are resonant of some of those earlier records in that yeah. in that way, that emotional way. Anyway. Yeah. Now, do you? I know that on on Crazy Nights that you don't have any songwriting credits for the Gene vocals. Zeus and I, we wave the flag for a lot of Gene's '80s songs. We think some yeah. of them are tremendously underrated, specifically yeah. some of the songs on Crazy Nights. Yeah. Although, although you weren't a songwriter on uh, with songs like uh, you know "Good Girl Gone Bad" or "Hell or High Water." Were you were you involved or around Gene and, and how those songs came together? Because they're 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 the deepest of deep cuts, but I think they're a, they're real standout tracks for Gene. Yeah, no, the way it, it works, you know, I would write with Gene, I would write Paul, and it's, it just for whatever reason, uh, it always turned out that the songs I wrote with Paul made the record. Okay, so I really don't. No, I might have been there sometimes for. Like I, the the one he wrote with Brian Adams um, on Creatures of the Night, the, uh, yeah, War Machine, yeah, War Machine, and there was okay. another one. So Rock I remember and Roll being, Hell, yeah, yeah. I, I remember being there for 
just in the studio, you know, yeah. uh, when yeah. you're doing somebody else's song. But generally, I would have nothing to say yeah. um, about if they're doing somebody else's song, it's none of my business, right? Sure, sure, right. So, um, it, for, for whatever reason, the, the songs that Paul and I wrote together were always the ones that ended up on Kiss Records, whereas the songs that Gene and I wrote together, and we wrote a lot of songs, ended up on a lot of other records. Mm -hmm. Even, I think, uh, probably in a couple of cases, songs we wrote for a Kiss record ended up on somebody else's record. Yep. Right, maybe right. a black and blue record, or you know, whatever. Because mm -hmm. Tommy Thayer was in black and blue at that time. Yep. That's right. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. Tommy's so, a great guy, by the way. Super guy. That's great. Nice to hear. Yep. Yeah, he and I used to play tennis in Gene's tennis court. <laughs> oh no, kidding! Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> now the last track that you're credited for on a Kiss album moves over now to Hot in the Shade. Yeah, that's right. Little Caesar. Now yeah. I love the song. Me too. So we just did. Our, um, we just did a review of we've been doing every once in a while we'll pull out one of the, the discs from the box set and on that is Ain't That Peculiar right? Yeah. yeah. Now were you part of all that and then transferring it over to Little Caesar how did that work? Well a Little Caesar was Eric's idea yep and he and, and Bruce and I had been working on his Rockheads yeah. oh yeah thing. yep if, uh, which is a whole tragic story that really should have happened, but, mm. um, but w it was round about that same time. I remember because we wrote it at Bruce's uh, condo and I remember it was also round about the same time we were all working on these rockhead songs at Bruce's condo, but that was definitely Eric's idea. And it's a totally different kind of feel. Sure. Uh, it's definitely an Eric feel, you know, and of course he's singing it. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did you take it from what he presented? Like, because I know there's the, you know, the the, the story goes that Gene said, oh, make this about you. Give yourself like I'm That's the God right. of Thunder. You're yeah. the little Caesar. So make this about. So did you come into it with, hey, this is a song. Ain't that peculiar. We want to change this into that. And you started working with them with the lyrics. How did that work? Yeah, that's uh, um, I'm sure I had some input in the music too, but I can't, I honestly can't remember because again, we wrote it. For example, um, Ken Scott sent me a lyric. I was in Egypt, you know, like a couple of weeks ago. Yes. And Ken sent me a lyric uh, for a song that Gene and I and Bob Kulik had written. And oh, they wow. found it gone through the archives for this big new project coming up. They, they found this lyric sheet. Well, if you told me somebody else wrote this song, I'd have believed you. <laughs> because it was, we wrote so many songs and it was a long time ago. Yeah. And then I, and, but he said, no, your name's on this. And, and it was, it's Gene's handwriting. I know. Yeah. So it was one of Gene's lyric sheets. And he's got, he's got Adam, um, Bob, Gene uh, up at the top. So uh, a lot of these details, I just don't remember. Gotcha. Uh, because there's so many songs that we wrote and uh, some, some of which didn't get recorded and, you know, you forget all about them. Yeah, and, and then, was, but with but I yeah. I do remember this little Caesar was definitely Eric's moment to shine. Yeah, and that's why Gene wanted it to go in that direction. I think I think it's a real under uh, underrated song, and I hoped and wished that in the future it would have led to him singing more songs yeah. on future Kiss albums. Yeah, and he should have sang before that, but that's another story. That's another story. Yeah, and then yeah. the last part of the whole history with you is you worked on 
those songs with Eric, which later went on Rockology and yeah, yeah. Unfinished Business. Unfinished Business. Yep. Now yeah. you wrote with Bruce mm-hmm. every song with Eric on Rockology, correct? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. I mean, we, we all, of course, wanted to. This was Eric's side project, as it were, and yeah. the Rockheads and all that kind of stuff. And it's just, I mean, the whole Eric story, of course, is a complete tragedy. He yes. died, you know, in 1991. He died on my birthday, actually. Oh, jeez. Oh. And wow. uh, he had come out before that. Um, i trying to remember, maybe, I don't know, the year before that. And he knew he was sick, but he was in remission. And uh, we let him stay at, uh, my wife and I let him stay at our place. We had two places in Santa Monica, and we let him stay at one of those uh, places. And, uh, you know, he he was in remission. It looked like he was getting better, and then it just all turned bad. You know, a, a great tragedy. Eric was just hilarious and a great mm. guy and fun to hang out with. So it was kind of sad that the Rockheads thing and all those other things that could have happened. More songs being sung on kiss records, as you said, yeah. all those things just never came to be, but I like, you know, a little Caesar. I love the drum part. I love the drum sound Yeah, on it, everything, you know, it's just a, it's a tragedy. Were, so, were some of those songs that were written for rockology unfinished business were those songs that Eric was so was passionate about that, that they were written, but that they, they didn't, fit on hot in the shade or paul and gene quote unquote didn't want them on the album i mean well, we no, know eric was very passionate about his songwriting it shows yeah, absolutely um it would be unfair to to characterize it as eric uh gene and paul didn't want them on the album okay uh gene and paul just made decisions about what was going to be the best album and it was you know gene and paul are the stars of the show of course right? yeah so the fact that uh you know, it was like, did Ringo ever have any songs on a Beatle album? You know, maybe <laughs> who? Right, you know, right. Yellow Submarine and, you know, and that Buck Owens song he sang. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good, so, good song. I love it. Act naturally. Yeah, yeah. Act naturally, yeah. yeah. So uh, it was kind of that situation with Eric. And um, and who knows what would have happened in the future. But he was passionate about a song. And, and because he realized, I think, Again, because of the Rockheads and everything that might come from this, that he he may have, he may have a chance to get a whole thing going on his own. This whole Rockheads thing. Yeah, I mean it nearly. You know, Hannah Barbera nearly got involved with it. It just came. Oh yeah, yes, yeah. so many times. And um, but then he got sick, and you know, but yeah. but that's where it was headed with Eric. And would he have had songs in future Kiss records? I'm sure. You know? I'm sure he would have. Yeah. He was yeah. a good singer. He was a passionate singer. And I've told Gene and Paul this both. My favorite part of the Kiss show back in that era was Eric's drum solo. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh his his drum solos were un- unbelievable. You know, it mean, just, it, it, they play, they came, you know, uh, more or less halfway through the show. Yep. And after I did his, his drum solo, and I'm sure Gene and Paul planned it this way, it lifted the show now up to a whole new level. Mm-hmm. You know, and gave it a whole new energy, uh, you know, kind of freshened up the whole thing. So I love this drum solo. Yeah. Having done this podcast, this is our fourth year. We've had so many different people come on. There's never been anything but positive things. Every once in a while, you'll get a Gene story, a a Paul story. You get a few of those. But or Ace or Peter and stuff. Everybody. It's not just like, yeah, Eric was an okay guy. It's no, no, no. no. Eric Carr was the best guy. The funnest. Yeah, laughing yes. they get passionate time. passionate about him and, yeah and yeah. the other thing is when you see him performing 
and he like just watch Animalize uncensored. Yeah, yeah there's a there's a like a love. This is what yeah. I do. You don't have to pay me. I'm gonna be up here and I'll play yeah, for free. Well, yeah. yeah, believe that, me. Eric was fixing stoves, right? Before he was, right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, he was very happy to be in the band. But yeah. he did have, uh, listen, I've got a million Eric stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I spent a lot of time together. I have a lot of funny Eric stories. Well, maybe we'll but, save him for the next time because yeah, yeah. we would uh, every our listeners love Eric Carr. Yeah. Eric was a super great guy. He was definitely a fan favorite. And he was just funny and fun. To, it was Eric had always, you know, if, if anything got s- serious in the studio, or even when we were bowling, Eric was yeah. hilarious. He wouldn't <laughs> actually bowl. He would just sit there and make snide comments about everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's amazing. We yeah. could do a podcast on bowling. Sure. Bowling. Yeah, well, there you go. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> the bowling hour with Adam. Yeah, we why, could. why not? We could. Adam, we, uh, we can't thank you enough, but you got to tell us. Now, you have uh, songwriting that you do or like a little school. Is that correct? How do, well, I do it online, you know, because I just okay. want to kind of, I mean, I charge for like nine ninety five a month for a year. It's like 90 bucks for the year. Yep. But really what I want to do is, is um, give songwriters the benefit of all my years of figuring out how to do this. I've got my own whole system. I figured out there were five things that all great songs have. Okay, and I'm just trying to help people get down the road with you know with less pain. Than, yeah, yeah. Than it than it might otherwise take. So, but I'm doing that. I'm still recording. In fact, I'm going back to Nashville next week to uh, mix my latest record. And oh, excellent. Uh, you know, I play with all the absolute best players in the world. There, Brent Mason on guitar, Mike Brignadello on bass, all the absolute Greg Morrow on drums. Greg just finished a tour with Bob Rock. These guys are wow. killer. We do the we do the whole album in one day, just like records used to be made. <laughs> right, right. The guys are so good. I'll play them a song once, give them the chart, and they go in and rehearse like they've been and play it. They've even never heard the song before, except wow. me, the bass player. They'll go in and play it like they've been rehearsing it for two weeks. Amazing. That's how wow. it was. Un- unbelievable. So, I, you know, I'm still doing that. And, you know, we travel a lot and I ski a lot. Ski season just finished. Where, so where can good. they find you? Is it a website? AdamMitchell.com. Is that it? No, it's AdamMitchellMusic.com. Okay. Okay. AdamMitchellMusic.com. Perfect. Adam, this has been an unbelievable hour talking to you. We're so pleased and honored that you, that you joined us. I don't know what to say. Our fans are going to love this. We love this. We can't thank you enough. Well, thank thank you. you. I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're doing the podcast and I love the poll. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah absolutely I think, yeah. I think that's hilarious that's yeah great. yeah well thank yeah, well, you good. so thank so you. much we, we would absolutely love to have you back in the future yeah. and continue to talk more thank you yeah. thank you Anytime. absolutely appreciate Anytime. it adam thank you all right so long so tom what you think we finished that episode taping with him and i i looked at you and i said you know that 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 is right up there with one of my all-time favorite interviews yeah. we've ever done just nice. a really great guy to have a conversation with the, you know, as you can see, we, we tried to keep the the interview chronological. It's just easier to follow for us and for him. Um, and just the behind the scenes, you know, especially the, the love that he had for Eric. I mean, you could even the look on his face when he was talking, you could hear me said he was getting goosebumps just talking about Eric uh, and just the, 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 the introduction of Vinny to the group and the different things with Gene and Paul and the inner workings of writing a song, just great stuff. Great stuff. Yeah, I love how he's like, 
Yeah, I, I, uh, Vinny was like, yeah, I just happened to be in the neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, like, yeah, no one's in the neighborhood where I live. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the, you know, kind of, he wouldn't say it. He was too nice to say it, but I'm like, what a sleazy way. He waits till he's out of the room. Yeah. And then he's like, Hey, I think me and you should be writing together. Yep. And he's again, like, how, how, and how, and how much of a stand-up guy is Gene to be like, Hey, Adam, I just want to let you know, Vinny said this like, Hey, yeah. Those know? stories about Gene were awesome. Yep. What he said about Paul having the highest voice he's ever recorded. Anybody's like, that's insane. Who yep. can sing that high and still, still sing well. He said, yeah, like it wasn't a scream. It was actually a, a tone of his voice. Just uh, awesome. Really, really good inside stuff. Yeah. Breaking down the uh, each individual song and you know, the, 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 what makes a song and why kiss does a great job with their songs. I, I found Adam to be fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's agreed to come back on in the future to talk some more kiss. Uh, I, and he's got a bunch of stories. He told us a lot yeah. more. Yep. So we hope you guys liked it. I know me and Tom did. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, it's, it's just a, a, another special guest that we've had, to, you know, and again, you guys, you know, we do this show, we're fans too. So we were just loving oh, this. We were absolutely. just loving this exchange, this conversation. He was such a friendly guy. Uh, and I think that came through in the interview. So we hope you guys had a good time with it. So Tom, can you please tell us what the question of the week is? I will, but first I'm going to tell you who sponsors the question. Yeah. of the week, And it's, a company that our wonderful friend, listener, and patron, the great Joe Decker, works for. This week's question of the week is brought to you by Fusion Tech Data and Electric. Fusion Tech is a recognized communications contractor specializing in the construction, splicing, testing, and documentation of all types of fiber optic networks. Along with that, Fusion Tech Electric can service all of your electrical construction needs, commercial, industrial, and utility as well as electrical substation work and all UPS and DC power plant installation. Fusion Tech currently operates throughout the five boroughs of New York City, as well as the New Jersey and tri-state area, providing union labor with IBEW Local 3 in New York City and IBEW Local 164 and Local 102 in New Jersey. For more information about Fusion Tech, visit their website at fusiontech-llc.com or call them at 973 973- Six five zero one three five seven. Great fusion company. tech, fusion tech. Hell yeah! Joe Decker is the bomb. Awesome listener, awesome Patreon guy, huge Kiss uh, Army fan. Please give him some love and support. Fusion and an tech. awesome good and an awesome guitar player too. Don't forget about that. Yeah. And our question of the week comes from Adam Stevenson. This is kind of an interesting one. Do you think that the band would have been bigger if we only knew Kiss as the demon Starchild, Spaceman and Catman? He says, hearing a guy named Gene <laughs> say that he's the God of Thunder doesn't sound as cool, but saying that the demon is the God of Thunder strikes a certain tone. I think that's actually a pretty cool question because they were so obsessed with shielding their image, but they didn't shield their names. So I wonder how that would have worked if if all that way through, it was just those character names are not Paul, Gene, Ace, and Peter. I don't know. That's kind of interesting. Kind of takes away their story of, oh, we were always the Catman Spaceman. <laughs> right, 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 yeah, right, right. Um, I don't know. It probably would. It it probably have some pros and cons both ways. 
thinking about it now, uh, I don't know. The demon does sound pretty cool. Demon, come here. You know, right. spaceman. Like, in some sense, like, dude, just fucking call me Ace. Right. It's actually, just it, fucking call me Ace, would you? It, it was Ace. <laughs> call me Paul. My name's not even Ace, you fucking. Call me the Ankh Warrior. That's a good question, though, and you got to wonder. But yeah, I don't. I don't know if it would have worked. I think. I think then it really would have taken on like a wrestling persona, if if like you know their name and look was all was all character. You know, Thundercats roll. <laughs> exactly. Whatever. <laughs> exactly. Great question, though. I love that kind of thinking, Adam. Thank you so much, and again, thank you to Fusion Tech and uh, Joe Decker for sponsoring the question of the week. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, Tom. Please tell us where people can find us. Of course, start off at our awesome new website that we're proud to have launched recently. Shout it out loudcast.com. Shout it out loudcast.com. You can find everything from the March Madness to all of our episode episodes, our rankings. And that includes the Shout It Out Loudcast episodes and all the rankings, the album review crew episodes and rankings. And yes, the Zeppelin Chronicle episode and rankings. The Zeppelin Chronicle still exists. The, an episode will be coming sooner than you think. So check that out. Um, so that's all. That's the place. That's your one-stop shop. You can comment on everything. You can send us direct messages through that. We actually got one from uh, from a listener this week. It was great to see that, that people are using that as a mechanism to communicate with us rather than just the email. So please check that out. Um, and of course, our email address, shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com, shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com. Uh, we read all the emails. Like I said, we the feedback, it's a nice problem to have. We're getting a lot of it, so we might not be able to get to every one of them, but we read every email. And, of course, our social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, always very active on that, as you guys know. Uh, please tag us. You know, please, if you if you buy some kind of merch or something, please do that. And we did have one of those. Our awesome loudcaster, Mr. Josh Smith, posted a video of him playing his guitar with a shout it out loudcast shirt. Nothing more kick-ass than that. So thank you for that, Josh. That's amazing. Keep doing what you do, buddy. Um, so yeah, continue to do that. And you can also send us a DM. Those That's very cool. And of course, our Patreon. We talked about how awesome you guys are. Check out the app and patreon.com. And, and lastly, wonderful to be part of the Pantheon podcast network of shows. Tons of great shows there as well. And if you want one of those awesome shirts that Josh Smith was wearing while he was rocking out with his guitar, Visit our website, shoutoutloudcast.com, and there's a merch link there. You can click on that. Boom. Pick up some shirts, some other stuff. Very cool. And if you do that, please let us know. Take a picture of you wearing it. If you got a sticker that we've we've had people send us pictures of stickers on their amps or stickers on their laptops or stickers on their girlfriend's ass, do that too. We love it. We'd love to see a photo of you <laughs> with a watermark on it, of <laughs> yeah. course, yeah. for our enjoyment. Yeah. Uh Tom said, DM us, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Subscribe to our YouTube. We're getting close to that 600 mark. We want you guys to help us out. Uh, Go and subscribe to that channel. We really appreciate it. Don't forget, you can always give us one of those five star child reviews on uh, iTunes, Spotify, podchaser.com, everywhere. As a matter of fact, we just got a five-star review on Podchaser. And uh, I'm going to read it to you right now. Go to him. And this is from Patrick8802. 
Okay. The only Kiss podcast you need to listen to. Zeus and Tom. I've never heard that, but I know Zeus it's the other way around. Are Kiss fans who are also old friends from college. Yes. They cover <laughs> they cover everything with stats and info to back it up. They invented the deep dive rank in stat technique. Wow. Okay. Wow. These guys are awesome. And all their rankings and thoughts are on their killer new website, shoutitoutloudcast.com. This podcast is Kiss on Nitrous Fast, Funny, Clever, and Real. Jerky Boys meets Restroom Humor meets Arnold meets Ace and Mellow Yellow. Enough said. A must listen to for any Kiss fan. Episodes drop 12.01 a.m. Saturday morning. FYI, they also have the album review crew in the Led Zeppelin Chronicles. Where do these guys find the time? Thank you, Shout Out Loudcast, for all the entertainment. Holy crap. That is unbelievable. That's amazing. Wow. And that is not us. I was just going to say, yeah. Not a burner account. No, we accuse Pooney of the burner accounts. We do not have our own review burner accounts. Believe me. Patrick 8802, please let us know so we can uh, talk with you and uh, appreciate uh, the the kind uh, sentiments you left for us. And we want to thank you. So thank you for that. It was awesome. Much appreciated. Yeah, that's a great one. Thank you very much, Patrick. And we'll leave you with the, again, the email, shoutitoutloudcastgmail.com, shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com. And don't forget our wonderful, brand new, awesome website. Take a spin. Take a look and see all the fucking wonderful things we have there. Shoutitoutloudcast.com, shoutitoutloudcast.com. Tom, what we do next is we end on famous last words. Do you have any? Of course I do. With a guest like Adam Mitchell, he's key with famous last words. Uh, I'm not sure if he wrote these particular exact last words, but. And they say, you got to look before you leap. And we're going to judge you by the friends you keep. Listen, you're looking nasty and I'm in too deep. You'll be real happy to be losing sleep. I like how I asked Adam, keep me coming. What's that one about? <laughs> he was he was so funny, yeah. <laughs> he was like shaking his head and like, I oh, know. All right, Tom. I want to know how far to go taking my life in my hands. Out on my own, fighting alone. Call me the desperate man. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> hey, Adam Mitchell, thank you. Kiss Army, Loudcasters, thank you. And Tom, thank you. Thank you guys for everything. You guys are amazing, uh, especially our Patreon people. You guys rock. Everybody else, we love you guys. Thank you so much for uh, keeping the show alive and growing it. We love it. And Zeus, as always, thank you. Peace out, Girl Scout. Hey, Vinny, you guys got dates besides Gilbert? I do. Yeah, but that's with a guy. What about you, Booger? I've been out combing the high schools all day. 
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 